0: Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Allie. I'm so excited to have you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to come on your show. Yes, I know. It's been a long time coming, and so I am just so excited. I I think I first heard of you and just heard your voice on the Journey Women podcast. I know you and Hunter have a good relationship, Mm -hmm. and um, she's been such a good help to me along the way a good encourager. And so um, have loved, you've been on there multiple times, right? On Journey Women. I'm a big fan. of Journey Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, anywhere you can find some good, solid biblical ladies to just have a conversation with, right?
1: Right. Yeah. They're amazing.
0: Yes. So I'm lucky to have you on mine today. So why don't you go ahead and tell my listeners a little bit about you and just what life is looking like for you these days.
1: Sure. So I am, uh, I live outside of Nashville with my husband and we mm. have five sons. That's our big claim to fame. Yeah. Uh, we have a 12 year old, 14, 16, 19, and 21. Mm. We have What's an elder, it's, it's wild. We have an elderly <laughs> golden retriever and we have a, a puppy golden retriever coming in a couple of weeks that we're super excited about. And I am an author and a speaker and a business coach. And I also co-founded a coaching community called called creatives with Mm -hmm. my friend, Lisa Whittle. And we coach women who feel that they are called to write and to speak. So we help them every step of the way, get those book deals and speaking engagements and the whole thing.
0: Love it. Yes. I've had Lisa on as well. You guys are, are a power couple over there. So so I love it. (laughs) Yes. And yeah, just bless your soul with those five boys. I cannot imagine, (laughs) but clearly you were supposed to be a boy bomb, you know? (laughs) I mean,
1: I feel like the Lord's intention was not confusing there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) One (laughs) after the other. Yes. Um, I would love to know just you know, because my podcast is mainly geared towards ladies in their 20s, just helping us kind of navigate this life. And so would you mind telling us a little bit about your 20s? Like what was good? What was hard? All the things.
1: My 20s are really just a blur, to be quite honest, because I I got married young. I had Mm -hmm. my first son right after I turned 22. Mm -hmm. So we were moving with my husband's job every couple of years, every two or three years, we would move. So each of the kids were born in a different city or a different state. So it's literally my husband's job and having kids and just keeping my head above water. I feel Mm -hmm. like I, I had my, we're we're normally in your twenties, you're building, you're, you're working, you're building something new or you're building a business or you're writing. I had that in my thirties instead of my twenties. Yeah. You just
0: like dove right in, huh?
1: Yeah. I just, I switched. Um I switched how I went about things mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's it's honestly a blur. And if I could go back to my twenty year old self, I would tell myself that I'm not running out of time. Mm. because I think when when we're young, our perspective of life is is limited because we haven't lived 60 years or 40 years or 30 years. You know, we've lived 21 years mm-hmm. and we feel like we should have all the answers and we feel like we should know more than we know. And we feel like we should be more confident and more secure already. And it's really hard at that age to realize there is so much time mm-hmm. to become all that God's called us to be, to learn all he wants us to learn. And I would tell myself to relax that I didn't have to have it all figured out. And it was all going to come. It was just going to come in its
0: own time. Mm-hmm. That's such a huge lie. I think that we believe as 20 somethings, we feel like graduate college. Okay. I'm out in the real world and I have to have it together. I need to figure oh, yeah. out what this adulting thing is and I have to have it figured out now.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think to to some degree it's really unfortunate that there's, that people feel so much pressure in college to know what they're going to do forever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That may have been relevant 30 years ago. It may have been relevant 20 years ago. We don't live in a world anymore where you can go to college and get a degree and normally just do that thing forever. We're going to right. change what we do over and over and over again. I mean, I've been in the business world. I've been in the ministry. I'm doing both right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much opportunity because of technology and, and the internet to build a business or to be employed full time and to build something on the side that I think it would be better for us. I mean, yeah, I think trade school is really important for people who do want to do that. Mm-hmm. But in college, to have a, a broad Um, understanding of the world that we live in now and where we're moving in the future and all the opportunities that we have to us and not think that we have to make the decision. We have to do everything right. And what we're going to do in our twenties, we're going to do forever. Um, I, one of the big themes of my new book is that, you know, our purpose is singular. Every uh, people are so obsessed with finding our purpose and our purpose is simply, we decide if we're going to follow Jesus or not. And if we follow Jesus, we obey him. We tell people about him. We love him forever. We glorify him. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. But our calling changes in every season. Our calling is different when we're in college than when we're 25 or 30 or 32 or 33 or whatever, whatever our age is. In each season of life, God calls us to something new. And it's not always grand and we don't always recognize it at the time. It It normally looks kind of boring and it's the work that he puts in our hand or it's the dream he gives us that starts bubbling up to the surface that we try to ignore and the dream comes back. That's God kind of shifting our calling in each season. And when we think of our callings as more flexible and it's something that's going to change and God's going to take us on an adventure at each stage of our life, I think it helps us take the pressure off of ourselves in the day to day.
0: Mm, yeah. It's like, okay, let's go on a journey here. Like let's, let's see where God takes us in each season. And for some reason we stop and think I got to have it figured out now, or we're looking into, you know, the future and saying, I better have this and this and this, or I won't be happy kind of thing.
1: Mm, yeah. And so it's like totally.
0: being stuck in that. Um, I heard you mention a little bit about, um, your new book and, and kind of some of the themes in that. So will you tell us a little bit more about standing strong? Yeah. So
1: standing strong is kind of a, it's a love letter to women and what mm. I felt like God is kind of calling women to in this season. Um, when I prayed about a long time ago about this book, about three years ago, I I always go to him and say, hey, what's the, what's the next book about, Lord? What are we going to do? <laughs> and what, for this one, he brought to mind a prayer my mom used to pray over me when I was little. And it was that I would grow to be a great woman of God and strong in my faith and fearless as I face the future. Mm. And the part that he brought to mind was great woman of God. And I thought, well, that's a weird book. That's not going to work. So I was like, that's, that's kind of dumb. I'm, I'm going to ignore that. And then I go back to a month later, like I had never prayed about it before. And I said, Lord, what will the next book be about? Do you have any, do you have anything you want to tell me? And in my spirit, I knew he said, clear as day. I already told you. I thought, Darn it! I don't even know what this means. So I had to spend about six months praying into it and wrestling in with the Lord of, okay, what do you have for women what is this message for women why is this so important and i think that there are so there's so much that god wants women of this generation to know a lot of it is that if we're not careful adversity and self-doubt is going to take us out it's going to take Mm -hmm. us out of doing all the things that he has for us to do in our lives and that he does want to partner with us i think sometimes we forget that god created so much of the world to work in partnership. He exists in partnership, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm. And that everything that gets done in this world is with a partnership with him. You know, I think of of Noah and I always wonder who did God ask before Noah, who just was like, oh, that's not me. I must've just eaten some bad dates. Right. (laughs) And then Noah decides to partner with God. God doesn't need Noah to do it. Um, but he chose to partner with him. And he's slinging that hammer for 120 years. And I've been wondering, am I crazy? Mm. And I think the, the work of our hands matters as women, because it makes this world a better place. And sometimes we think that it's just the work in the ministry or work in a church or a nonprofit that matters to God and is somehow better. But God cares about all of our work, whether we're teachers or accountants or entre- entrepreneurs or we're mm-hmm. staying home with kids, it's important because it makes this world a better place.
0: Right. And when
1: we think about how everything we, we do in this world, we can partner with God on it for the strength and the wisdom that we need. That's when things really become super powerful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all have different roles, right? Mm-hmm. If we all had the role of being the gifted speaker, Christian author, speaker, going around the world, well, then who's going to do the day-to-day go into McDonald's and being the gospel in McDonald's? Who's going to go and uh, be the welder and talking to, uh, you know, everybody has different roles and we Mm -hmm. have those for a purpose. And so I love that you're highlighting just just the things that we're doing where he has planted us is, is where he has us for a purpose. Yeah. And, and as a
1: coach of women, I've coached women for the better part of 12 years now, the more I get to know them, the more I find out that there is something that God puts inside of every woman, whether it's a Chip Ingram calls it a holy ambition, mm. um, something that just bubbles to the surface, a nudge, this, this kind of message that we are made for more. He's, he's always calling us to something new. He's calling us to new adventures and we get there by partnering with him. But, but one thing that's so dangerous about culture right now is sometimes the, the holy ambition that he's given us to do something great, whether it's your podcast or me writing a book or someone else starting a business or someone else fostering a child, whatever it is, It can get hijacked. And right now we're living in a time when really dangerous messages are popular, especially popular with Christian Mm -hmm. women. And that's Mm -hmm. this message that you're the hero of your own story, that you just hustle and you work hard and your success is up to you and you don't apologize and you demand what you want and you live your authentic story. And the fruit of that message is destruction. But to so many people, it sounds good. Now, I'm a big believer in self-development. I'm a I'm a believer in pulling ourselves up by the bootstraps. I'm a believer in so many of those little things that are true. Mm-hmm. But if you take all of those things and you take Jesus out of it, the real source of strength and wisdom and power in this world, it is empty and it's lead, leading women on a path of destruction. And what makes me so so worried about it is when that path that women are going on following teachers that are so anti-biblical, when women are on that path, when hard times come, when failures happen, like they always do. I'm afraid they're not going to realize, Oh, I was believing a lie from way back.
0: Right.
1: And they, instead of realizing that they'll go, I'm a failure. I didn't work hard enough. If I just worked harder, I could, I could do better, Hmm. but really, the fruit, like I said, the fruit of that message is destruction to the people that preach it and the people that listen to it. And so, you know the heart of standing strong is God does have great plans for you. God gave you this this desire, this this holy ambition, this nudge in your spirit, this this feeling that you're made for something new, something more for a reason and he wants to partner with you to help that come to life. that is what women need to hear right now. Not this nonsense garbage that's all over our culture.
0: Yes. I'm so glad you bring that up and that you are so honest about how I like the word you use destructive. It is because Mm -hmm. you're right. It is being preached all over the place of like, you got this girl, you know, you're the hero of your own story. And, and to an extent, like you said, we can say, you know what? yeah, pick yourself up. You got this. You can do it. Encouraging, but encouraging in the spirit and encouraging in what God's calling you to and sacrificing some of the things that we might want to submit to God's calling. And that's not what being the hero of your own story looks like, right? <laughs> no. no,
1: because the, the difference between you go girl, you've got this and you go girl, Jesus has got you and it's going to be good. It's mm-hmm. subtle, but it's, mm-hmm. it's everything.
0: Yes. And I'm, you know, you also talked a little bit earlier about, um, just that there's so much adversity and possible doubt right now. Um, just in our faith and especially kind of my generation, you know, this, this 20 something block is, it's becoming harder and harder to, um, To love Jesus openly. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wonder if you just kind of have some encouragement uh, for those that really are living in a world where it is becoming more and more difficult to truly stand up for um, what the Word of God says versus culture. Um, I'd love to hear kind of what you have to say. I think. I think the
1: the best way we show the love of Jesus is to be loving and caring and kind mm-hmm. and, and live in a way that's different, a way that's different in a gracious way, almost um, to some degree standing up can look like just being you. And it's kind of like arguing politics on Facebook. We're not going to change anybody's mind, you know, and it's really easy to get pulled into arguments and wanting to, you know, defend certain things. But I think that when we are living in a way where we're leaning into Jesus and we're abiding in him and we're loving people well, and when hard times come, we don't go under because we have him holding us up. Mm -hmm. And we have a a peace about us and a wisdom about ourselves that shows to other people and other people are very attracted to it. And that attraction, that is when we explain that it's all Jesus. I I mean, Mm -hmm. I, as a business coach, many of my clients aren't believers Mm -hmm. um, and they get a little nervous working with me because I write books about Jesus. (laughs) And, and I think that, for some degree, whether it's in a business relationship or, you know, colleagues at your work, sometimes we are the only Christians that people know. I was once in New York on a business trip and having Mm -hmm. dinner with someone. And she said, you know, Allie, you're really cool, even though you're (laughs) Jesus-y. And I said, am I, (laughs) yeah, am I the only Christian that you know? And she said, yeah. And that to me was so fascinating and it real, it made me realize just the, the responsibility that we have on our shoulders to, to show the love of Christ in a way that isn't, even though the culture isn't welcoming to it, Mm -hmm. because to some degree, I think a lot of Christians who have been loud and brash and divisive have done so much damage that we're probably going into a season where we need to work really hard to step away from that image.
0: Mm. It's almost like trying to find the line between yes, standing up for what you believe in, what you know, God cares about what he is sad about. We should be sad about what he's angry about. We should be angry about like finding that line between, okay, what, what do I need to stand up for? And what do I need to just say, like, God, you've got this and I don't need to take the reins. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's becoming harder to kind of, I think, discern, you know, what, what is worth standing up for kind of thing. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's something that looks different for everyone. If, you know, when if, if we have kind of a public persona, then it becomes very complicated.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: because so many people are looking to us to make an announcement,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: the problem with, now I love the internet, I love technology, but the problem with making pronouncement, especially in any sort of text-based outlet, whether it's a, it's a tweet or it's Instagram or Facebook, whatever we're using. Mm. The problem is nuance and emotion is lost. Mm. So things can appear more harsh than they should be. And the medium of using a quick bite to quote unquote stand up for your beliefs often is without context and mm. can come across in a way that we don't want it to come across.
0: Yeah, it's so true. We've totally lost our. Just the personal, just being personal with somebody, able to just have a conversation one-on-one that is civil, you know, having all of these arguments or, you know, even just a, a statement, right, can roll into um, so many impersonal comments or whatever it is. And we've totally lost that just this right here, you yeah. know, having a conversation, and um, I'm not tweeting back and forth with you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and who knows? Maybe some of what we talk about, yeah, would would seem harsher, right? Because they can't hear our tone of voice, they can't um, know our background. You know, when you learn somebody's background, that changes a lot of things, right? When you hear yeah. their story, um, and so you know, I, I agree with you and and I'm thankful for just your encouragement to, to us to say, you know what, it looks different, um, for everybody, but ultimately it's, it's listening to the Holy spirit and, and where he guides us in those kind of situations. Amen. So good. Yeah. So I would love to know just a little bit more about, um, you know, One of the main themes in your book is talking about the difference between knowing and believing what God says about us. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's so big for my age group because depending on our upbringing, like we were just saying, um, if you grew up in the church, it's something that you have a lot of head knowledge about possibly Mm -hmm. Um, and taking that to your heart is a little bit different or maybe not really knowing very much, you know, and taking that to believing. So what do you think that kind of says about us?
1: Well, I'll tell you, one of the most fascinating things I did is I was researching for this book because so much of the book is identity, figuring out who we are, because Mm -hmm. one of the first things that God said to me about the book as I was working is, and they gave me the thought is when we take God seriously, we begin to take ourselves seriously. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting for me because as, as Christian women, we do have a tendency, I think for too long as Christian women, we've gone on with this, this kind of line of thought of I must decrease, I must decrease, I must decrease, which is true and good and biblical. Mm-hmm. But we've almost decreased so much that we've forgotten who we are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we do want to make less of ourselves so we can make more of the Lord. But if we make such little of ourselves that we don't know who we are, how are we going to be able to utilize the gifts and talents that he's given us to do great things in the kingdom? Mm. You know, we want to balance it out. We want to be bold. We want to be humble. We want to serve well, but we want to do it confidently. And I think those things go in line together. And as I was reading about, um, women right in the beginning. So if you go back to Genesis, the way God uses language for Eve, it is a Zair And that means uh, opposition to opposing. And when you first hear it, you're like, Oh, does that mean like we're in conflict forever? But (laughs) it is essentially a a balance to the world. Um, if you look at opposing forces, they balance things out. An airplane needs two wings that are opposite, that are opposing. Mm. A bike needs two wheels that are opposing each other. Women are essentially the answer to problems in this world. We balance things out. Mm -hmm. And the language with Azair is the same word that is used, um, I think, 22 times in the Bible. And it is almost always used as a military term. And it's used for God being the Azair, the helper to Israel. So this is not a a picture. I think for too long in my generation, I grew up hearing that we're help meets and we're designed to serve and help and we're we're meek and we're quiet. But when you look at the original translation of that word, it is a powerful word. It is a warrior. She is strong. She is balancing things out. She is she is not subservient. She is not weak. She is somebody who uh, uh, makes you think of military protection. Mm -hmm. And as women, when we realize that God has created us to, he's created us to create, we create beautiful things in this world. We create books and businesses and gardens and recipes and people for Pete's sake, we create people. We are created to create. We are created to complete, you know, um, humankind wasn't complete until the crown of creation woman was created we are designed to complement the, we are the answer to the world's problems. Mm -hmm. And when we start thinking of ourselves that way, that God gave women such a force, such a power in this world to do great things for him. um, It changes the way we think of it. When I, have you seen the first Wonder Woman or the only Wonder Woman so far?
0: I think, so i'm trying to remember that that who played her
1: uh gal gadot
0: okay or godot as it's pronounced okay
1: if you guys haven't seen it yet if you haven't seen it you need to watch it because there's this scene where she is crossing no man's land i'm sure you've seen the clips of it Mm. and what happens is is it's set in world war one and her and all the men are in Um, one trench and there's this no man's land between that trench and the other trench because no one can cross it because people Mm -hmm. just hunker down in the trenches and, and shoot when, when anyone tries to go. And she knows there are all these people in this town over and she wants to go rescue them. And everyone's telling her, no, 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 go. And she climbs out of that trench. And because you know, she's a superhero. She can do this. (laughs) She runs with her shield and she runs in the middle of no man's land and these bullets are bouncing off her shield. And what she does is she takes all of the bullets so the men can run behind her and attack the other trench. And then she goes and she frees the town. Mm. And I wept Mm. because I realized this is what women do every day. We go and we take the bullets for the people that we love,
0: Mm.
1: our families, our spouses. If we have children, God made women stronger and more powerful than we realize. And I think that it was so important for him to have me write this book right now, Mm -hmm. because he wants to partner with women, whether it's to lead a Bible study or learn a second language or, you know, do whatever it is in our hearts that he wants us to do. Life is hard right now. God mm-hmm. knew he's not surprised that life right. is hard right now. But this concept of, listen, I want to partner with you on this, this, the dream that you have in the, in your heart, the ideas you have in your heart, I want to partner with you and develop this. And you're not alone. You're stronger than, you know, because I am with you. You're going to be wiser than you can imagine because you're going to be getting your wisdom from me. Mm-hmm. That's an exciting message that women need to hear right now.
0: Yes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's such a beautiful picture. And I've never—I don't know that I've ever really thought of it that way. And I didn't know those uh, those Hebrew words that you were saying in yeah. the beginning. Um, I don't think I've ever heard of that before. And it's so true that um, a lot of our views of women—not everybody, but a lot of views of women—have been shaped over the years in the Christian culture. Is right, just being quiet and gentle and meek. And while some of those traits are not bad, it's like, no, he, God created us to rise up. Like you said, he created mm-hmm. a problem, which was the man. And so we the, <laughs> were we are the solution. Well,
1: it's just funny. I, I know. I thought it was funny. Um, I didn't grow up in the church. So I kind of escaped a lot of that growing up. And then
0: mm-hmm. in my
1: twenties, when I got married, it's funny. We were We were living in Memphis at the time. I think I was pregnant with baby number two and I was going to this church and I got this book about like how to be a good Christian wife. And I was like, oh, this is how to be a good, I did not know. Well, I had been married for a while and Christian for a (laughs) while. So I start doing everything that this book told me to do. And after work, my husband would come home and he would start picking fights with me and we'd never fought. And finally, after a few days, I was like, why are you so mean? Why are you trying to bait me into an argument? What is going on? And he said, I don't know what's wrong with you. You're so boring. You're so vanilla. What's, <laughs> who has stolen your personality? And I was like, I'm just trying to be a good Christian wife. <laughs> <laughs> he said, then I need you to stop. Stop being a good Christian
0: wife then yeah. and go back to whatever you were before. <laughs> yeah. Go back
1: to who you are, which was already a good Christian wife. Yeah. And we, there are these kind of themes and culture. And we always have to go, wait a minute, is this somebody just putting their spin on on scripture? Or is this something that is really truth? Because, you know, I'm not (laughs) saying that that people spin it because they have nefarious purposes. Maybe they believe it wholeheartedly, but we don't need to take that as gospel. We only take the gospel as gospel.
0: Mm, It's so true. And God wired us all so differently. So how can you say you know, this A, B, C, D, E, F, G is your list on how to um, be a good Christian wife or be a good Christian woman in general. He created us all so differently. You know, we all have different gifts and talents and ways that we're wired. Um, So how can you say, oh, this, this is the list you need to check these boxes. While some personalities would love that if that was given, you know?
1: Yeah. And he wouldn't have given us such different personalities if he didn't want us to use them and live in our personalities. He would have made us all the same.
0: Mm-hmm. Which would be so boring. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like your husband said, it would just be really, really boring. Who are these So people? vanilla. All of these robots. <laughs> robot Christian women out there. Who would want that? Yeah, that is so true. (laughs) Okay, well, Ali, let's jump into the last three questions. These are ones that I ask every guest that comes on the show, so it's so fun to just kind of hear everybody's thoughts, and you kind of answered this one earlier, but I'm sure you might have something else. I uh, always ask what's one thing that you just really wish you knew as a 20-something, so I know earlier you talked about Just, you know, not having to have it all together. Is there something else you just kind of wish you knew?
1: Yeah. Everything you hope to be true about God is true. That's Mm -hmm. what I would tell myself. And that he is good and he is really faithful. And that there's going to be times that you think are going to kill you. But Mm -hmm. he's with you in it. He's not going to abandon you. He loves you. He's not mad at you he's not punishing you and he will bring you through all the hard times that's what i tell myself
0: mm, i love that and it's and it's taking that kind of what we were talking about earlier taking that knowing that that's true about god and then truly believing that what he says is true especially in those hard seasons
1: especially because in those hard seasons when the enemy wants to come around and start whispering
0: lies to us. So we got to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yep. (laughs) Relatable. Um, Okay. Next one. What are you like reading, listening to, watching any of those things? Yeah. I
1: just finished a really good book called American Dirt from Janine Cummings. I've heard of it.
0: Yes. About like immigration, right? Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: Just kind not of. to give anything away, but it's a, a woman um, and her son have to get out of Mexico because the cartel has killed her whole family and it's oh their my. journey of coming into the U S and it's phenomenal. And so just finished that. And then I just started a book called something in the water. Uh, It was one of Reese Witherspoon's book club picks. It's nowhere near as good as American Dirt. American (laughs) Dirt is phenomenal. (laughs) It's like way up
0: there on New York Times, all the lists. Oh,
1: it's so good. But this one, it'll do. And I'm listening on (laughs) Audible so I can multitask. I have about five minutes left so I can say something in the water.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: It's worth it. Yeah. I guarantee there's going to be a movie made out of it and there should be a movie out of American Dirt too. They're both phenomenal. I'm a, I'm a big movie buff,
0: Yes, but I have a
1: a sad lack of new movies coming out right now.
0: Oh, I know. And I really want to watch Mulan, but I don't want to pay $30. (laughs) Well,
1: I have seen it.
0: Is it worth the $30? No. Oh, Mm -mm. no.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm going to get hate mail. The original Mulan is great, They just there's parts of it that are great, but it's kind of mediocre.
0: Oh, and the CGI
1: is rough. Yeah, I honestly, I just wait till it's on regular Disney Plus.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Okay. Hey, you saved me 30 bucks, though. So. <laughs> you know, I, I'm
1: here to help, but I'm sure I'm going to get some hate mail.
0: It's fine. <laughs> I'll watch some classics and wait around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, classic Mulan is amazing. But I agree. I am very much m- missing going to the movie theaters and seeing a new film. Yeah,
1: We are sneaking in. Miss. My movie theater's open. Oh, so we have been going when no one else is there when we get the whole theater to ourselves. So we did go see the personal history of David Copperfield with Dev Patel. That Uh was adorable. It was a delight. Mm -hmm. And I've seen Tenet twice.
0: Oh, (laughs) twice? Twice.
1: Yeah. So both of those are really great movies. I
0: guess I need to make a trip out to Nashville then. Mm -hmm. You just
1: look for a movie theater that's empty. It's funny. We'll buy tickets. And then if somebody else buys tickets in that showing, we return them and get tickets for another showing.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) So it's your private movie theater.
1: It is. It is. I don't (laughs) even have to rent the movie theater out. That's amazing.
0: I love that. Okay. Lastly, what is refreshing you these days? Just anything that's bringing you life.
1: Hmm. Really? It's hanging out. I mean, I'm, I'm in a pretty busy season with book stuff and, and work. So I love at the end of the day, just to veg out in front of the TV mm-hmm. and watch an old movie or watch stuff on YouTube. That that's bringing me <laughs> life, honestly, just doing nothing and not thinking about anything.
0: Yes. I'm sure your boys think you're so cool for watching YouTube.
1: <laughs> oh, that's what we do. Yeah. One will go to bed and the other one will go, Hey, you want to watch want to watch some YouTube? And I went, like, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: You're, you're not a regular mom. You're a cool mom. That's what I keep telling them. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Allie. I loved having you. I've been looking forward to chatting with you and it was just such a refreshing conversation. And I love having these conversations because I also get to walk away with so many good nuggets of truth. So thank you.
1: Well, thanks for having me. It's been so fun.